you know, they're characters that kind of just like walk into my mind's eye and wave and say, I'm this person. And I say, okay, you're in the book. Welcome to Living a Life Through Books. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed. I'm chatting with the author of Gems of Osana Into the Wild Barons, Christian Sterling. Sterling is a Nashville-based author with works ranging through a number of genres. Born in Rhode Island, Sterling grew up with a passion for reading and writing, which followed him into his career. Prior to writing novels, he worked in the music industry and major network television in a number of roles. The author's works include the American Parable series, Death Row, and his 2019 release of the fantasy series, The Gems of Elsana. Part one of the series, The Gems of Elsana Into the Wild Barons, will be released on July 17, 2019. Do not miss it. And now, let's get to the final part of our author conversations with Christian Sterling. And a lot of the fantasy covers look similar. I mean, I can go to like Barnes and Noble and oh, fantasy series. I'm like, wait, that's the same series. No, they're not the same series. Wait, it's a completely different series, but all the the colors, everything looks very similar. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I feel like mine fit in the fantasy vein a little bit but it stands apart enough. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, there's the major, you can tell when something's by a major publisher usually because they have a certain look and they all start to copy each other. The Sarah J. Moss series, which are huge, where you're everywhere. Huge, yes. A lot of people started, I feel like she was kind of a trendsetter and not only like the naming convention, she had like a court of roses and thorns. I don't know. Right. And I just... Someone just scoffed at me. It's fine. But, like, I feel like every fantasy title is something like that now. Um, uh-huh. And the way the books looked and everything, I feel like they really kind of started to mimic that. And then there are the indie fantasy books, which are all the same. It's usually some version of, like, a real-life model, like, male or female, like, with the sword or something, like, looking over their shoulder with the same kind of big font. Right. And so I kind of wanted to capture the fantasy vibe while kind of – setting apart for them so i just i went with something very classic nice classic sleek design on the cover and that's another one you know you give it out to the public and the internet is ruthless and they could say this cover is trash and i do you know whatever they say and i've been reading comments when people post on instagram these bookstagrammers i've given the book to and a recurrent comment is i love the cover and that just kind of you know I'm, i'm really a writer at my core i'm not an artist so when people are saying that it just it felt you know, it gave me the warm and fuzzies, like, okay, they actually like the cover. So I love good. the cover that's too, good, by the way. Mark yeah. me as another one. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah. So I try to for this first book, if you if you look, um, I have so there's Fallon and he has his six champions which are helping him in in his journey. Um, each of his champions is represented in one way or another through the cover of the book. You know, we see the flowers for Malquin and then we see, you know, the ninja stars for Nim. Um, mm-hmm. so um, I was pretty I was pretty happy with the way it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Very cool. So where did you come up with the names? Some pop out, some are kind of like uh, sculpted out. Jim Watt, you know, they're characters that kind of just like walk into my mind's eye and wave and say, I'm this person. And I say, okay, you're in the book. <laughs> it's okay, kind of like that. So Jim Watt right. was one of those. Jim Watt was just kind of like, and Jim Watt's a person. No, I didn't think of the name. It's just, he's there. So Nim, I think I was planning Nims again with my fiance. She, she'll kind of... Uh, she'll kind of uh, entertain. She's kind of entertained by the fact when I'm brainstorming and will throw out ideas with me. I think she thought of Nim. Um, I, I thought of Melquin. Nim fit. She's an elf. She's the smaller elf assassin. She's got a little feisty, redheaded um, elf who throws these ninja stars. Melquin kind of fit. Just her name. She's the sage who's vegetarian and can speak to certain animals and grows flowers and everything. She's a healer. Um, and I just like the idea of someone calling her Mel. It's just tough when certain fantasy writers do a name that's like, it's like JJ apostrophe, Kahalara for charge, like apostrophe, like right. semicolon. Like, like it's like 80 syllables long and you got to read that a hundred times in the book. It's, it's, t- it's tough. So I want to like simple that people uh-huh. get like Nim, Mel, short for Melquin. Red is Redrick, kind of like Frederick Red. Right. Balsador, kind of. He's, he's, he's a big guy. He's the kind of lumberjacky guy. The name Boss evokes that. Carthon, I think I just kind of worked out. And um, Fallon, I think, was just kind of a natural, just kind of popped out that way. So names are kind of, names have to fit the person. I think they all kept their names from the beginning. I'm, I can't remember if I changed any of the names of characters later on, but they just kind of, you have the idea for the character and then certain names just fit certain personalities. Cool. So how would you inspire my listeners to read more and to write more? Um, Read what like you're in the mood to read. Honestly, don't read what people are telling you to read necessarily. If something piques your interest, read it. You know, I kind of, I went, I was at Barnes and Noble yesterday and I was looking for a new book, and I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm a fantasy writer. Maybe I should read something a little fantasy, like, just to keep in that mindset. But I, I just didn't really want I, – I was. I've been writing so much fantasy. I think I wanted something totally different, and I picked up a nonfiction about the American Revolution, you know, and, uh-huh. I've been and I love it. And it's so well written. It almost reads like a fiction. Um, so that's what I say about reading. Just read what you like. Don't, don't listen to what other pe- people are reading. Um, as far as writing – Again, write what you want to write. If you're writing what you think is going to be popular based on what people like or you're writing to meet certain expectations, you're never going to finish the book and you're going to be miserable writing it. You've got to Mm -hmm. be, if you're bored writing it, people are going to be bored reading it. So write what excites you. Right. Yeah. Um, When I read my books, I kind of, there's like kind of a high and excitement after I finish a really great scene and I want to read it again. It's thrilling. The next day I'm ready to go back and read my scene and edit it. So you've got to be excited to write. You can't be, uh, you can't be bored writing your book or it's never going to come out good. It can't feel like work. It's going to be, it's going to feel like fun. Okay. Yeah. Top five all time favorite books. Top five all time. One is easy. It's the Hobbit. Um, that comes out in Osana. This was, you know, with their like little quests along the way. I uh-huh. really, I thought maybe Osana was maybe going to be one book. Um, I, I'm trying to think if I had to rank them. I want to put The Catcher in the Rye 
I don't know if I put it number two. We'll put it number two for now. It's just so eloquently written. It's just so perfect. Okay. Um, something about it. Um, the Catcher in the Rye is really beautiful. Um, I guess I because of Tolkien, like I'd have to put. <laughs> I'm gonna put all of Lord of the Rings as my. <laughs> really love Lord of the Rings. And part of Elsana was like, I know Lord of the Rings is dense. And I know why people are kind of weary of it. But that that's a really special book to me. Um, I'm, trying, I'm thinking through all the books I've read. Um, and I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. I A book that I'm proud of that I read that was, it was work to get through, but it was like, it's pretty intense, was Paradise Lost. Um, that's kind of written in that classical, that classic period. And it was like, um, it's just the whole idea of like the, you know, God expelling Lucifer from heaven and the creation of the world and, and everything like that. It was like, Paradise that's almost like, lost. One, are we talking, uh, who's the author? John Milton. Okay. okay. Milton, Milton. It. Yeah. Milton. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Milton. Are you talking about Milton's paradise lost? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm almost tempted to go through my good read. I had my good reads open right now. If okay. that's okay. And I have all my all right. ratings of like books that I've read. I don't think it's messing with the the reception. I don't I love the Harry Potter series like everyone else. Of course. But I don't know if I'm gonna put them there just because uh Okay. That's fair. I, I mean it's totally no, fair. Yeah. I don't think the Da Vinci Code is there. That was my first like grown up book that I ever read. Okay. I remember my dad giving he's like, Hey, listen, there's some there's some grown up things in this book, but don't, you know, you know, you know, you gotta take it yeah. with a grain of salt. Um, oh, I will say, and it's a nonfiction book um, that I think everyone should read. It helped me understand human behavior as a whole. It's called Influence, the Psychology of Persuasion, um, okay. that I had a, a teacher make me read in college. It was an, in a negotiations class, um, uh-huh. and it's it's by a guy named Robert Cialdini. And this book, um, it's it's one of the most valuable books I've ever read. It, it just goes through these certain instinctual behaviors that humans have based on, uh, you know, reciprocity. Like if you give someone something, they're more likely to give it back. Um, scarcity. The reason that we only see two or three articles of clothing in JCPenney is very intentional. It's because we think, oh, there's only two or three left. I have to get one. If there were 10 on the, we're less likely to buy it if there's 10. Same wow, thing with diamonds. Right. And diamonds are rare. Why do we think? It's just instinctual. So it goes over these like six or seven principles that are through the lens of negotiation, but I've kind of seen it in a way that humans behave this way for certain reasons. We like people that similarity is similar to us. We're just more trusting of that behavior. So it's something that was kind of an eye, eye opener for me that was a really valuable book. So I think, what did I land with this? My top five, just kind of thinking through quickly. I'm sure there's one I forgot, but The Hobbit, Catcher uh-huh. in the Rye, Lord of the Rings, Paradise Lost, yeah. and that's that influence of persuasion. Top five. Those are my top five. Very, very, very cool. So um, what would you like your readers to come away with after they read Gems of Elsana? What what do you want them to remember from it? I just want them to feel good. Like I want them to, I wrote it to be a feel good fiction. A lot of the fiction with Game of Thrones is, you know, it's a work of art. It's amazing whether you like the ending or not. Uh, yeah. But you, you work it, you, you watch that. And even the ending of the arcs, not just episodes, you always feel good. Um, because Martin takes this idea of art should reflect life. And, you know, there's tragedy in life. 
And I have some of that in the American Parable series, but I think there's a time and a place for it. And with my, with Gems of Alsana, I want you to go there to escape. You know, sometimes I turn on the TV and that's, you know, the magic happy box where I go to watch a comedy and feel good. Or I open a book and that's like the special place where I escape from everything that stressed me out that day. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the Gems of Alsana to kind of be like that. You know, it has a dark moments and it has difficult moments and scary moments. But I want you to put down the book kind of feeling like, okay, we ended that on a good note and I feel good about everything. And um, or if things don't end on a good note, know that there's going to be an upswing. I'm not I don't even think that'll be a spoiler alert. That's just what I want to give people. It's just like a feel good vibe. It's just everything can be okay. Just be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Just be happy. Yeah. Who's your all time favorite uh, character from any book? Like if you had to say one character from any book, who would you pick? That's difficult. Um, I think I, when I was younger, I, I related a lot to Bilbo because I had uh-huh. the inkling to like, I want to put my feet up and go to my snack pantry and not be bothered by 13 people banging on my door. Um, <laughs> you know, I definitely have that inkling. And then I get like a little like spark for adventure where I want to go do something. So I related to him. I think a, again, to the top favorite, top, top books, um, George from Of Mice and Men, I think is a really special character who's like taking care of Lenny, who's like kind of weighing him down a little bit. And he made this promise to this woman. I think, I don't know if I relate to him as much, but he's just one of those characters that you're like, oh, this is like a special praise, like impatient with Lenny and everything. But he's like a good person. He's like doing the right thing. And he has to make a really kind of tragic decision in that book but he kind of he's just he stands out as a special character to me so i'd say those are two of my favorites so is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners before we call this quits um you know my book comes out july 17th if you're a fan of fantasy um definitely check it out it's not I feel like every fantasy author says this. It's not your standard fantasy, but it really isn't. It's going to give you a classic fantasy feel that where you feel good um, and you're in a classic fantasy world with all new kinds of creatures and everything. I feel like it's a bit more modern and it, and it flips things on its head. So if you're a fan of it, check it out. It comes out July 17th. It'll be on Amazon. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and reach out to me if you like the book. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. I'll talk about it. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what I'd like to share with everyone today. Okay. So, Christian, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. I'm really excited. I love the Gems of Elsana, and I can't wait for the other nine parts. No, the other eight parts. The other eight parts. All right. Thank, so. thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's all, folks. I hope you enjoyed this series of author conversations with Christian Sterling. You can contact Christian through Instagram at Christian Sterling G. Later this month, we are talking with Andrew Seagal in London and discussing his murder mystery, The Lyme Regis Murders. You can always reach me on Instagram or Facebook at Living a Life Through Books. If you have found this episode enjoyable, please take a moment to write me a review. It is through your reviews that my podcast can be more searchable and can rank higher. My website for living a life through books and my other lifestyle, motivation, and travel adventures 
is shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. My website and logo was designed by Alia Rahman. She's a St. Louis-based graphic designer and surreal artist. You can contact her at aliarahman.com. That is A-A-L-I-A-R-A-H-M-A-N.com. My starting and ending music was composed by my husband, Brad Slavic. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. Thank you.